If you work in an office these days, you may notice that there's a lot of different ways to communicate with coworkers. There's too much email, there's too many meetings, there's too many apps. Next up on Today in Tech, we're going to chat with a company that eliminated most of their meetings to help fight that. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Joining me on the show today is Amy Cassiotti. She is the Vice President of Human Resources at TechSmith, a technology company that creates video recording and capture software. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks for having me, Keith. All right. So, you know, I, I discovered a, I discovered this thing about your company where you eliminated all synchronous meetings during the month of July 2022. Uh, kind of a big deal, especially for companies that, that rely on meetings and Zoom and all of these other things. Can you give me a little bit of background on sort of how this began? You know, kind of what issues were you seeing that that, that sort of led to this project? Give me the kind of the rundown of, of how this all began. Yeah. So, you know, switching from being mostly in person to all of a sudden overnight being fully remote, we had noticed we'd established some really, really bad meeting habits within our company. And we're hearing lots of complaints from employees about being in meetings, too many meetings, not being able to get to the work, the other work that they needed to be doing. And in addition, we were looking at, um, we had built a building during that time of being remote. Okay. And we were looking at how to you know, bridge that gap between what we had been doing in remote and coming back into the building. And it was like, we need to address this horrible meeting culture that we have established. Not that it was great before going full remote, but it, I think it just ex um, exacerbated. Looking yeah. Yes. Exacerbated yeah. the problems that we were already having. Yeah, and it, so we uh, came up with this idea of let's just rip the bandaid off and completely do away with them to kind of reset everything. And so, and so for the month of July, this was last year, um, you basically, now you did have some ground rules, right? In terms of what meetings, it's not like you limited all meetings. You um, Explain what you mean by synchronous meetings versus an, asyn an asynchronous meeting. So, uh, I mean, all meetings are synchronous. So like yeah. w what we ended up putting in place was trying to flip the meeting is what we're calling it into more of an asynchronous situation. But for actual real synchronous meetings, we had a lot of questions we wanted staff to ask before they actually held a meeting in that month to really get them rethinking, did they did this really need to be a meeting? Uh -huh. Or was there a better way to disseminate the information or collect the feedback or brainstorming that they were looking for? Um, but the biggest thing was our staff was really concerned about each other's well-being and that was the biggest pushback we got to having no meetings is like well i'm worried about my staff or i'm worried about my coworkers, and we're like if you're worried about somebody meet with them that's yeah, yeah. absolutely fine like well-being comes above everything else but when we we're talking about disseminating information and things like that are there other things we can do instead of getting five ten people trying to schedule them all at the same time yeah yeah do you did, now did this happen in your company I, this happens sometimes i think with our company where we have weekly sort of catch-up meetings where the beginning of the week you you, you get it you get on a call and you just say hey how, how's everybody doing or what's everybody working on and after a while these things sort of get to become like a drone and and you just sort of be like why am i meeting like everyone should know what i'm working on through the course of the week or or call me or send me an email during the course of the week and you'll know what I'm working on. And so these kind of catch up meetings, but then you sort of get addicted to them. I, well, I don't even know if, the, if that's a great word. Like, were you experiencing that as well? Oh yeah. I personally experienced it where I hadn't realized how many meetings I was in that were just there because they were on my calendar. And so we kept meeting 
because I assumed the other person who had set up the meetings wanted to keep meeting. Yeah. And that month of July really forced us to be like, do we need to meet or do we need to meet this frequently? Can we meet once a month? And so I'm actually finding myself in a lot less meetings than I was pre uh -huh. the experiment. It doesn't mean I'm not in meetings. We've also figured out that meetings do have an important place and an important time, but there's a lot of things we realize we don't need to do it in a meeting. And it's actually more effective and more inclusive to do like the flip meeting um, I had mentioned earlier, yeah. where you send out the information in a video ahead of time. So people are still hearing your voice, the context around it to understand the meeting instead of misconstruing what you're putting into text. Right. And then it gives everyone time to sit there and think on the information because we're a software company. So half of over half of our company are engineers. Uh -huh. And a lot of them need time to let the information sit there, marinate, get their thoughts together before they can give you feedback or share their ideas. Right. And we're hearing from a lot of voices that we never heard from in meetings now. Well, yeah, that leads me to the next question. Was there a lot of skepticism or or was everyone sort of on board with this idea when it was presented? It, it did sound like you did. You guys did your homework and sort of presented everything before you like you didn't just kind of like on June 30th go, OK, July 1st, boom, we're, we're now we're now no meetings. But so it did feel like you had prepped for this. And so yeah, we did a lot of prep. Um, we met with our managers first, kind of told them what we were thinking and actually got a lot of pushback. We weren't expecting to get given how frustrated we heard people about meetings, but yeah. we're all human. Change is super hard. And <laughs> just saying you have to change the way you're working for a month made a lot of people uncomfortable and nervous. But then when we shared the guidelines we were looking at, give training on some of the different ways they could look at things or different things to try the teams really started to get more comfortable with it. And we put a lot of it on, we work in a lot of small teams that we call pods. Uh -huh. So we put a lot on the pods to figure out what worked for them. We weren't saying you have to do it this way as a company, but as a pod, figure out what works for you guys and let's do th try those things instead of just having meetings to have meetings. Okay. And so, and, and you were also uh, like client meetings, you said were, were still okay. So that obviously external communications uh, were, was still sort of would, would be allowed. So it wasn't, and it's not like you had like a, a meetings police force kind of enforcing all of this, right? Like, Correct. Okay. Um, so now what, what results did you get from the project? What did uh, like, what did you learn from this, this project after the, after the month was up? Yeah, so there was a 15% increase in employees perceived um, productivity. So our employees felt that they were 15% more productive than they were before the experiment. Okay, that's good, um, right? <laughs> yeah, there was, there was an 8% increase in the perceived importance of meetings. So people actually felt that when a meeting is needed, the importance of that actually went up as opposed to people feeling like they're in a bunch of meetings they shouldn't be in. And then the other big finding was that 85% of our employees said they'd consider replacing future meetings with some kind of asynchronous format. And did you, um, did you find that uh, you needed sort of additional technology to sort of implement this? Or was this more of, we're just sort of reducing the number of tools that we're going to use to communicate with? Like, how did you sort of implement so this? So we had, um, actually during going remote, we realized we had a ton of different options. And so we'd already kind of worked on pointing out which tool we thought should be used for what types of communication. So we'd already done some of that work the previous three years. So yep. it was more just reminding everyone of those and reinforcing that, you know, these are the tools we already have to lean on. Like we don't need to add any new technology to make this work, but 
reminding them of like Slack's great for this kind of communication or email's good for this or use video for this type of communication. Right, right, right. And so now do you, again, that was a year ago. Uh, do you think that you're going to try this again? Or, you know, I think we when we talked before, you said that there were a lot of people that take vacations in July so that yes. maybe they didn't get a chance to even experience the joy of no meetings. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're actually yeah. in the process we're actually in the process right now of talking about what do we want the next iteration of this to look like. And we're looking more August, September for when we would do that. We're still figuring out exactly what we want that to look like and to be, but absolutely we're planning to iterate on this. Now it's not just meetings that you, that your company is looking at. I, I believe that you are also looking at sort of some other uh, innovative work style, work culture things, and, and including the four-day work week. T tell me about how you've done a bunch, you've done a bunch of tests in that area too, right? Right. Well, I should start off just that we feel flexibility is very important for our staff. We call it our flexible work benefit um, in that we're, we're an experimentative, experimentative company. Yeah. And so that runs through our HR practices, our policies, everything as well. So we're always trying to figure out how can we offer up the kind of flexibility that our, our staff needs or some of our staff needs so that we're trying to meet them halfway. So when the company needs them to be flexible, they're able to be flexible for us. But that also means we need to be flexible for them. So one of the things that had brought up in one of the many surveys we do with staff is some asking about, could we try out compressed work weeks? So we started off with just offering four tens and actually got feedback from about half of the participants that Four tens was just too much. It was too hard for them. Yeah. But would we try out four nine hour days and then a half day on Friday? And we were like, sure, great. Yeah, <laughs> let's try that out. And actually, most of the people that partake in these compressed work weeks are doing the four nines with the four on Friday. Yeah, there's been a lot of research in, in the industry uh, or in the space of, of sort of like the HR culture space about four day work weeks. And, and but again, it, it's cool to see different sort of experiments so that you're not just in that rigid four tens um, kind of like that feels like that's what everybody does. But this is, I think, the first time you talked to me about it, the first time I'd heard of four nines and then a half day on Friday. And I think, as we all know, especially during the summer season, like Fridays, just it's a ghost town for all my emails at, at that point, you know, after like three o'clock on a Friday. Yeah, we so we were looking at kind of like our email, our Slack data, our Zoom data, and Fridays is our lowest communication day on any of those platforms to begin with. But then on those compressed work weeks, we see there's way more Slack and email than on a regular week. And it's all moved more towards Monday through Wednesday. And then it starts dying off. But the drop off on Friday is pretty dramatic on those compressed work weeks, as you could imagine with yeah. a lot of the company not being there. Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody kind of complained that, or I don't want to use the word complaint. Uh, has anyone commented in terms of feedback to you uh, that maybe these experiments were not helpful to them and that they, there is a preference maybe for that sort of like back, you know, the traditional sort of hours and, and platforms or, or are most so, people like, yes, we want to get rid of most of this stuff. So most over half of our company actually doesn't participate in the compressed work weeks. Um, many said like, with children and things, with school schedules, yeah. it was just too hard. Lots saying they might try it this summer. So we'll see if they actually do try them out this summer. Um, but I, I think of the ones that do partake in the compressed work week, they yeah. actually really like it. But we were also looking for those that are still working on Friday. Were they finding it impacting them being able to do their work? And actually, 
even those that weren't partaking in it were still like, no, I think this is cool. And for those that it works out with, we should keep offering it up. Like the first few months trying it out was a little, you know, rough trying to figure out when to communicate, making sure people were make, letting others know if they were ta doing the compressed work week. But since then, everybody seems to be pretty happy with yeah. it and okay yeah. with it. Yeah, what I, what I find sometimes when, when I know that I'm not going to get a lot of emails is I end up getting more blocks of time where I can focus on harder, not harder work, but sort of more intensive work where I can do video editing and things like that. Whereas if, if I'm trying to do it during the week, I'm just constantly being like pinged with email requests and I tend to get distracted versus maybe just a block where I know I'm not going to get a lot of emails. And uh, I'm wondering if, if maybe you guys have experienced the same thing. Yeah, I, I because of my own kids and their schedules, yeah. I have a hard time doing the compressed work week. So Friday afternoons I've actually found are a great time for me when I have a few projects that I just, it's not that, not even that they're hard, but just I need time to concentrate. And if one thing pulls me away, yeah. it's going to take me a half hour to get back into it. But that's a good time for me to just block out and get through some of those projects that I need to get done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so is you, you also mentioned to me that, uh, uh, because of this, you then integrated a lot of these things into the, the hybrid work model that you now have. And I think that most companies have, um, is there, is there an okay balance between sort of what, what the management of the company, uh, wants and the employees, what they want? You know, we've seen a lot of backlash lately of, you know, some of these return to office mandates and some employees are now pushing back. Um, what have you guys experienced at, at TechSmith? So we, we ask our staff a lot for feedback. And so we, as a leadership team said, we do feel some amount of in-person time is really important and imperative for not just our culture, but for the connections across departments. Yeah. But we don't, we still don't know what that right amount is. And we're trying to figure that out. We were very clear with staff that we're trying to figure it out. So we've started with requiring one day a week in the office. That's all we're looking at. And there's some people where for various reasons, they've needed to go full remote. And mm -hmm. so we've made some exceptions there, but the majority of our staff come in one day a week. We have about, I want to say 20% that are full remote and 20% that are pretty much mostly here in the office, but the rest of our staff are all in this hybrid model. And, and, and you, I think what makes it work is when we built this building, we invested in Zoom technology. So not just Zoom itself, but you know, they have a whole conference set up to go into conference rooms and things. And so we invested in that. So now instead of trying to figure out what Zoom link you need to go to when you're having a meeting that had people in person and remote, remembering that you had a remote person, trying to get all of that to work, which sometimes could take the first 15 minutes of a meeting. Um, now we just go in and you hit one button and they're right there on the screen. It's like they're a part of the meeting. And it's been a better experience for all involved, whether you're in person or remote. You might get you might get a lot of uh, email requests from some of our audience members because they've been a lot. Of, uh, we've had other people on that have struggled with sort of the the Zoom communication technology for hybrid environments where you have some people on screen and some people in the room, and um, they've been struggling with trying to figure out where they look and who they talk to and all that stuff. So um, you might get some more emails on, on this. Um, ha have you noticed any difference between sort of younger? generations and older generations as, as as they they work with this this hybrid model or some of these these innovations that you're doing yeah i think what we've seen which is what i've been reading a lot out there in just the hr communities i've been looking at is that 
the workforce that's been around a long time knows their career isn't looking like doesn't need to build a network they already have that established want to actually be more remote and those newer in their careers understand the importance of building those networks getting to see what others are doing that you don't always realize you're doing and so the younger generation actually seems to want to come into the office. Again, nobody wants to be here 100% of the time. <laughs> I don't think that's what's on the table, but the newer generations into the workforce definitely want some in-person time because they understand the importance of building those networks and those personal relationships, but also getting to see what someone's doing, not just what they say they're doing. And I think that's where we're seeing some of the struggle is getting our more senior employees to be willing to come in to help the up and coming generations right, and to get right. them to see the benefit for them. Like you can't do other things until there's someone that can do this part of your job that it's just, you know, you don't even have to think twice about doing it. Yeah. One of the things I was talking about with, with some other people too, was um, if, if I was a sort of a college graduate and had gone through sort of, you know, all this training for the career that I want, um, you know, again, back when I kind of graduated college and went to work for some newspapers, there was an established culture of what a newsroom was like. And it was all, you know, there was none of this sort of um, everything that everybody did through the pandemic where we were had, you know, there was an office culture and then that completely got disrupted. And so a college graduate now must be like, I don't even know what I'm experiencing coming into either a hybrid or do you get like these questions when you're interviewing some of these, these new employees of like, okay, this is what it used to be like, or this is what it's like now. Like, what do you tell them about uh, sort of the office culture? So I, I think we more talk about what it's like now, but I can guarantee you that when they're here, they, I, I still hear enough stories of, you know, what it used to be (laughs) Like, like, if only we could go back. And I think it's like figuring out how do we bring some of those good parts of what, what things were like before into this new world that like, we're not going back to that and getting people to get comfortable with that and figure out how do we bring the best parts of that, but then leave the worst parts behind. Cause there were a lot of not great parts about that, you know, how we worked before um, all of this too. So I do think though, that some of it with the newer generations too, is they may have moved to an entirely new city where they don't even have a social network, let alone a professional network. Right. And so they understand the importance of needing to see people. And that's one of the other things I'm seeing a lot around this remote hybrid in person is just loneliness. And I was at a Society for Human Resource Management conference last week, and they were talking about what they called the epidemic of loneliness that Mm -hmm. is affecting workplaces. And when you have staff that are lonely, they're much more likely to leave. They're disengaged, like so many bad things. But then they also talked about the health effects of that, both mental and physical health that I think they said it was, um, if you smoke 14 cigarettes a day, loneliness would still be worse for your health, wow. smoking, which we all know 14 cigarettes a day is not good for your health. So it was just like some of those things of not realizing all of these effects that come out of our staff feeling lonely at work they might also be feeling lonely at home. And how do we, as coworkers, employers, help them with right, that? Right, right. I mean, that seems to be a great argument just for trying to get people back into the office. We'd be like, all right, listen, we understand that you've, you're suffering from loneliness or just come on in the office. We'll, you know, you'll, you'll see some physical people and talk to them and be face to face. Because again, we've seen studies too around sort of the, even if you have a lot of Zoom meetings, there's still not a connect a connection that you can make versus be seeing someone in in person. Do you agree with that? Yeah, 
Yeah. And I, so for us, when, you know, that one day a week that our staff is in person, we really ask them to focus on those connections. We don't want you in Zoom calls all the day. We're okay if this is not a heads down day. Right. We want you not just talking with your coworkers that you work with every day, but talk to people in other departments. You know, that was the great thing when we were all in the building is I got to know a lot of things about the company and my time here just from running into someone at the coffee machine or right. walking between meetings that I'd get to know them, establish relationships, and that's how I'd find things out. So, yeah, I do think that I 100% agree. And you can build relationships so much faster seeing someone in person for just a day as opposed to weeks and weeks on a Zoom call. There is something that we just can't put our fingers on about being in a physical proximity with another person. Right. Now, now you had mentioned that you were building a new office uh, kind of complex. And I think uh, companies that probably did this, and this was during the pandemic, right? Like you were working on that. And so did you have to change sort of the plans of the office to sort of accommodate for a return to work or the hybrid model that you're experiencing now? Um, Because I know- Yes, thankfully- Yeah, the big movement was like office, was open offices and that that probably like went away quickly. Yeah, thankfully we had not broke ground, hadn't even signed off on plans. So we had a chance to kind of reimagine what the office would be like. So we did end up building a smaller building than what we had originally planned. And the whole purpose of this building is connection. So everything's built around having collisions with others, making connections with others. So there's still workspaces. We call them small offices, small areas where you can go off to work by yourself or we have pair rooms so you can work with another employee. We have team rooms. So a group of six to eight people could be in a room together. But a lot of the space is about driving collisions um, within the building. Okay, so that's those are two terms I've never heard of before. First is smoffice. So we're, we're going to give the, you guys credit for that one. Um, and then collisions. I like that idea. Like, so that's just you're forcing people to sort of run into each other. It sounds like. Correct. Yeah. Like we um, we're very intentional in that. So you'll find that a lot of our drinks are on the first floor and then our snacks are on the second floor. <laughs> so you have to walk between the two. So hopefully you make it to both floors of the building to run into different people. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I love that idea. Uh, all right. And um, you, there was one other thing I wanted to ask about was, um, I think there were some studies recently about sort of being in that work from home setting, you might be sitting a lot more all day and that becomes unhealthy as well. Whereas if you're in an office, uh, you sort of have to get up and move around and talk to people. And even, even this idea of like drinks on the first floor, second, you know, and then snacks on the second floor, you're getting people to at least walk around more than they might at, at home. Do you, do you find that as well? Yeah, we've heard that from a lot of staff too. I know even for myself on the days I work from home, sometimes I feel like I never leave my desk because I just am going from one Zoom call to another some days. And so before the pandemic, we did what we called walkies. So at about three o'clock, a lot of people would get together and go on a walk or some of us would have our one-on-ones with each other walking. And we really encourage staff to continue that. Even if they're home, take your phone. Like if it's a Zoom meeting and they're not sharing slides, there's no reason you can't have that conversation over your phone. Yeah, yeah. And then now that we are back in the building, you see a lot of people walking around um, just in the area we're in to try to get that movement. Yeah, and, and since we are a technology show, I wanted to ask at least a, at least one technology question. Do you feel like sure. technology uh, helps or hinders in terms of sort of the communication that goes on between employees? Um, we've asked that on a lot of other guests too. Do you, you know, how, how can technology either help or hinder that, that type I mean, of experience. 
I think it can be both depending on how you're using yeah. it. Like we do something. So um, Slack is one of the things that we use a lot and we have what we call off topic channels just to try to build connection within the digital world for staff so that they can find things outside of the work that they have in common. So like we have a running cha channel, a soccer channel, a dog channel, yeah, a cat yeah. channel where different people from different parts of the company kind of get to know each other. And I think that's a great example, but we also use Slack in unhealthy ways where even though it's supposed to be this asynchronous, sometimes we end up having real time conversations in Slack. And if one of the people happens to be in a meeting or away from their desk, they come back, there's all these messages to catch up on yep, and a decision's yep. already been made that they had no chance for input. Yeah. So, and, and, and again, that could be something that people get addicted to as well. And then they find that they've got too many email platforms and planning software and they just sit at their cube and they've got pings coming in all the time. And, and it, it feels like that could be too much, too much technology yeah, at I, some point too. I definitely feel like the past three years that email has moved into whether it be Teams or Slack and yeah. that. So all those bad habits we had in email, we just brought into Slack or Teams. Yeah. And now we're having to figure that out because I don't hear people complaining about email like I did three years ago. Now I hear everyone complaining about Slack and the messages and the notifications <laughs> and that they just feel overwhelmed. And yeah. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that you have kind of a one day sort of hybrid work model. Do you think that you would go to, to a, a couple days or three days? It doesn't seem like anyone's ever going to go back to five. Um, but do you feel like maybe a two day, uh, you know, two days in the office, but again, you've got to balance that, that, that the balance between sort of forcing people where they might push back versus, Hey, let, you know, there is benefits of being in a, in a face-to-face -face environment. I mean, I'd never say never because you yeah. never know what the future holds, but I don't really see us doing that. It's more trying to help them see the benefits of coming into the office and how it helps them and yeah. it helps our company is, and our customers. Is it a specific day that you, that you sort of say, or do you just tell them to pick so, one day during the week? What we heard from a lot of our staff is if I'm coming into the office, I want people there. So what's a great way to get people to come in on the same day then to offer up catered lunches. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays each week, we have catered lunch to try to bunch everyone that are coming in one day a week on those two days so that they are running into other people. Oh, so you bribe them with food. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, Amy, Amy uh, again, thank you very much for appearing on the show with us uh, talking about these innovations. Do you feel like uh, that you're going to continue to be innovative in terms of uh, work culture things or anything on the horizon that, that you're looking at? Or is, is this pretty much just all, all, all I mean, for full speed ahead type of thing? Yeah, at TechSmith, we're constantly looking for ways to do things better to evolve as things are evolving. And you, as everyone I'm sure on your show knows, yeah. technology is constantly changing. Like you can't sit still, you can't get complacent. So we're always looking for how to do things better. What exactly that next thing will be, I don't know, because we're still trying to figure out this flexible work benefit. I feel like that's yeah. where a lot of my attention and time is right now. Yeah, we're going to bring you back on the show probably to talk about the use of AI and in, in human resources at some point. So <laughs> prep for that, I guess. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. All right. Thank you, Amy, for appearing on the show. Yeah. Thank that's you. All, yep. That's all the time we've got for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to our channel, add any comments that you have below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.